Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Work Alchemy podcast, Conversations About Impact, where entrepreneurs and leaders share how they have impact, the sweet moments, and the challenges. I'm your host, Ursula York. I help entrepreneurs grow successful businesses that make a difference in the world. Impact is more than mission, more than purpose. Impact is where your unique best self meets the world and contributes to making it better for all of us. These stories are here to inspire and energize you so you can have your own unique impact. Today's guest on the podcast is Josh Baraclo. Josh is a professional trainer, organizational consultant, and co-founder of Versato Communications, developing business consulting and training solutions. Versato was recently recognized by Inc. Magazine as one of the 5,000 fastest-growing companies in the U.S. His Versato Foundation allows Josh and his employees to support community and economic development programs that leverage synergistic partnerships, localized capacity building, intelligent philanthropy, and sustainable, equitable practices. Welcome to the podcast, Josh. I am delighted to have you here. Thank you for having me, Ursula. So uh, this business that you're in, it's kind of a very specific field. And uh, what is it that drew you to to do this work? You've, you've been through kind of a path of organizational development and learning development. How, what led you to starting your own company and doing the work you're doing now? Oh, it's a, that's a great question. Uh, what led me uh, first to doing it and then to doing it on my own? Um, first of all, my background is, is business management and uh, organizational development. And one of the things I uncovered in studying that topic was that I was really drawn to training you know, at learning, learning development, um, it, it just seemed to me such a fascinating uh, moment or, or um, step in the process to affect everything about a business. And, and it just seemed fun. I liked public speech. I liked <laughs> teaching. And the idea that you could uh, train employees and and workers in any industry to be better at their jobs and make therefore the the company better the the management happy and the employees more satisfied just seemed like this just kind of awesome win-win for everybody if mm-hmm. you could do that really well yeah and that that just that was exciting to me and so that's really where i got into the the field of instructional design and training mm. Well, one of the things that often happens when there's a downturn or a company is trying to economize it is the training and development budget get, gets cut. Um, mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts on that in terms of the impact that has on organizations? Uh, yeah, it's it, it's a reality and, and we see it happen uh, with with our budgets uh, as we work with companies and what I've seen the the smart companies do is um, it's easy to, to step back and say, well, that, you know, that that's dumb. You know, you shouldn't do that. That's how you have impact. Uh, <laughs> the reality is that you have to cut budgets, right? I mean, that, that's part of business. You got to figure out how to make the dollars work. And and everybody in the company, you know, in a core organization that is cutting budgets, it's probably getting cut everywhere, right? I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's you have to do that. Um but the challenge is always in all of the areas to do it wisely, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you can cut budgets in sales, but you got to make sure you still have sales coming in, sure. right? You can put budgets somewhere else. 
Um, and in training, I feel it's the, it's the same way. You say, okay, we're not going to, we got to cut out all the bells and whistles. We've got to, you know, do this in a very straightforward way. Maybe we need to do it in a much more informal way. Um, and we have to pair up people to be mentors, you know, or, or train each other on the job, you know, being organized about cutting the budget or cutting that and, and making sure it's still happening in some way. And then when you get a budget, you know, a year or two years from now, uh, you know, and, and you can spend more money on it, then great formalize those things, you know, make them less work, you know, uh, invest in them. But uh, do it with a plan so that uh, people aren't, uh, you know, left out out to dry, and and then you don't sacrifice all of your other goals. Right. And yeah. Long -term. So it's really about judicious trimming in the short term to serve the the sustainability of the company, and then they can ramp up once that once that issue is addressed. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So there's there's a lot of informal training that that happens. In fact, the the studies show that. That's something called the 70-20-10 rule that 70% uh, of training, regardless of how much money people spend on it, 70% of training happens on the job, 20% of it happens relationally, and 10% uh, of it happens formally. Mm. And, and a company can impact that 70 and that 20, you know, um, as well as the 10 Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's an interesting breakdown. I mean, even though professional jobs aren't typically looked at as on the job training, you're supposed to arrive with a certain set of skills. And but yet, of course, mentorship and and uh, being able to track and follow someone who's doing the work and following role models, of course, it's an essential part of any any work and especially in a professional environment. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, Josh, your your realm now, as I understand it, is really in the healthcare company realm. Is that is that fair That's to say? Correct. Yeah. Yep. So, pharmaceutical, biotech, medical device companies, and what what is it that? And there are certainly other companies like yours who are doing that kind of learning program work. Um, what is it about Versado that makes it unique? What do you think that it offers as as uh, from an, well, let's look at it from the impact standpoint. What impact does Versado have that other companies <laughs> perhaps don't? Yeah, I, I think that there's, uh, that I give credit that, you know, there's a, there's a lot of good companies working in our industry. You know, it is a place, uh, the reason we found ourselves there is, uh, I mean, I do find it interesting. I love the science, you know, of what we do and getting to learn something new. Um, but it, it is an industry where, especially uh, pharma biotech, there's hundreds of millions of dollars often invested in something before it ever goes to market. And once it goes to market, there's this tiny little window, relatively speaking, uh, to make that money back. Mm -hmm. And so the, the company, first of all, always has to have a pipeline of those things. And the stakes of how the company operates during that tiny little window and how prepared everyone in the company is for day one of that launch. I've, I've been involved in launches where the, the company looked at delaying the launch weeks or days and counted days in the millions of dollars. Right. Yeah. You know? And so so training becomes this really critical piece of, uh, you know, day one is everybody trained, um, which is why I love working in it, because it's this it's a wonderful playground for what I do, where it's very valued. And you have to be on the top of your game, you know, to play in it. And then that's 
that's fantastic. Um, and and there's money there. You know, there's there's work to be done over and over. So I, I've I've that's why we find ourselves there and really enjoy being there. How we've made an impact, you know, how we're we're different. I would say we um, we take a stance as we as we go into these companies. They they're focused on what they do. And they're a different company than us, as they should be. That's why they hire us. Mm-hmm. And we uh, we talk about trying to create our company and organize our company in a way that's of the most use to our clients rather than trying to be like our clients. Hmm. And it's something I've seen with a lot of other uh, companies in our business. They are... Um, they're very much trying to look like the companies they're serving, whether it's their office space or their corporate culture, the hierarchy, everything about kind of the way that they are thinking that, that they're going to fit in. And we've embraced, you know, for, for better or worse, we've embraced the idea that our clients hire us for, for the things that, that we are not like them. You know, we're small, we're nimble, we're creative. Um, we, we have a different culture and therefore, they can reach out to us and get things done, in get things done that they can't, and get things done in a way that they can't. Mm-hmm. And and that's something I think that has differentiated us is not just the outcomes of what we do, because I think our training is very good, but oftentimes we're told that we're hired again and again, not just because of what we made but what it was like to work with us sure, yeah. getting there, right. right? And that's something we feel like it is very important to us. What it feels like to work for us is no small thing. It's mm-hmm. not kind of, let's just get to an outcome at any means. It, it, we got to live in the in-between, <laughs> you know, yeah. and it's got to be enjoyable. And, and, and we could create all these great relationships and have fun making this stuff, um, and why not, you know? And so, so we try to bring that air to it, uh, which I think is a little different. Yeah. Hmm. Well, and it's, I mean, Starbucks is a classic example. Yeah. You can buy a cup of coffee for $1.50 or whatever at, at a donut shop, or you can go to Starbucks and have a particular experience. And if it's one that, if it's an experience that's serving the client, that's providing them with both philosophical alignment and they're getting a sense of, yeah, this is easy and really helps me do my job well, then that goes a long way. So it was interesting to hear you talk about how some of your competitors try to be like their clients or, or have that kind of culture, that sense about them. And uh, I, I, I think it's so wise to kind of forge your own path because the, the client's experience isn't necessarily even related to that. Exactly. Beyond, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Beyond the initial kind of comfort level, I guess, which is probably the thinking behind it. But yeah. Well, how would you describe the culture at Versato, Josh? Because you said that was something that your clients are really attracted by. Yeah. No, that's that's a great question, and it's a um, <laughs> it's a it's a ever changing, evolving thing that you're trying to kind of uh, you know find find your center of gravity and find the things that, that make it, um, make it what it is at the same time, balance that with adaptability, right. And, and letting it become and kind of, and, and morph. And, um, so, so nailing it down is always a, um, 
it's a it's a challenging thing. Sure. Uh, but I think your your example of Starbucks is is kind of a, a good place to start too, because the 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 difference between the experience and the coffee itself, of course, the coffee needs to be good, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if the coffee was terrible, then you'd have the experience once and right. you'd have it back. Well, that's the price. But, that's the price of entry. You want to call exactly, yourself a coffee exactly. shop? You got to make good coffee. <laughs> good coffee, exactly. But the the coffee then becomes you know kind of the easy part right because it's it's controllable you can you can you know like you can quantitatively or or objectively determine what good coffee is and bad coffee is and you know what kind of cups people like or what kind of temperature i mean you can you can measure all these things and you can hone them in and and control them but so much of that experience is is created by the people that you have to hire, you know, and, and that work at, say, a Starbucks, you know, to stick with that example. And that, to me, is a much more interesting, gratifying, messy, <laughs> challenging thing, right? <laughs> right, right. It's, just, it's just not as easy as honing in a recipe, you know, for coffee. Right. And, uh, and so that has been the, the joy, frankly, the joy, the challenge, the headache of, of doing, uh, owning this company for 10 years is is first of all embracing the idea that our culture you know is our product in some ways like a, like a Starbucks and then um, getting to work uh, figuring out what that is and then having a learning curve on like what broke it <laughs> you know at certain times <laughs> that you didn't think would break it um, so so and sorry it's a long way to get to your your question of what our culture is um, in in our culture we 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 have our values and um you know those values uh, you know they they go deeper than than their their names but um but we talk about them a lot you know and and they're probably the best place to start in that and um and one of them uh, is about uh you know treating people like people um and and the idea that that people aren't, you know, reviewers or copy editors or, you know, those are the things we, we do, mm-hmm. you know, but we are people and, and that has to go in every direction. It's whether it's your teammate within Versado, it's your client, it's, um, contractors. We use a lot of contractors. Um, and, and the idea that for us, it's, it's just not acceptable, you know, to, uh, uh, to, to treat people, um, to forget that, right? And we remind each other of that constantly, that every person, no matter what the formalities of the relationship are, they came to work today with all the challenges and struggles of being a person that you did as well, right? They probably mm-hmm. got their kids off to school and, you know, <laughs> had some fight about what their kid was going to eat for lunch and, you know, and then the dog peed on the floor and, you know, I mean, it's just, it, and all of these things happen because they're people, you know, and and I think oftentimes it's in today's environment where just like you and I here are, you know, are doing this and, and not sitting, you know, in in a room together. It's even easier to just start to disconnect people from, you know, from being people. Mm-hmm. And and that's a that's kind of an elusive one that we talk a lot about that takes a lot of work to figure out how we exercise that as a culture um but it uh it's a big part of our culture Mm -hmm. you know another one is about um you know being your best you is what we say 
Um, and that's about if, if we're if we're going to treat people like people and we're going to have real human relationships, professional, productive, but human relationships with people, because that part is what develops trust, you know, and, and other things that are that are productive, you know, and good. Uh, if we're going to do that, then we have to be willing to be people ourselves, you know, to come to work and, um, you know, have our sense of humor and, you know, who we are and, 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 and let that, you know, let, let our weirdness be out there, you know, sometimes, <laughs> you know, and, and if we're not willing to do that, you know, how, how are we expecting to kind of create that relationship with other people? And, and then we also have to embrace the idea that if we're going to do that, and if we enjoy doing that and being ourselves, then we can't stifle other people from doing it too, mm-hmm. you know? And so, so, that two race street of, you know, being your best um, and being your best. Also for us, we talk about um, not just being out there, you know, and being willing to be, to be human, but managing that. I mean, it's just, it's part of your, your job as a professional is to, um, to be your best, you know, and if you, um, if you need a break, you know, if, if you're not managing your stress level, you know, or your, your emotions, you know, in a way that, um, that you're, that you're not being your best you today. Um, how can you take responsibility for that? How can you ask for something that you need? How can you, you know, kind of resolve a conflict maybe, Mm -hmm. um, or something that puts you back into your, your best spot. And we, and we expect a lot of people to, to do that, you know, to take responsibility for that themselves that, you know, we're not a big enough company that, you know, there's, there's, everyone has a lot of autonomy, which mm-hmm. means you don't necessarily know when someone's completely overwhelmed, when it's not going well, when they're, they're not able to be their best and, and they've got to be kind of brave enough to say, Hey, I just, I'm, I'm out this Friday. <laughs> you know, I'm just, I, I gotta, I got to, you know, I got to take a break, you know, I've got a plan to be out, you know, but I need to do it because I've got a big Monday, right? Tuesday, right? right. And that's, that's being responsible. Sure. You know, that's, that's not about paid time off and this or that. It's just, it's just about saying, I'm looking forward to what I have next week. And in order to do that, I need to do this. And, and creating a situation where they can do that. Yeah. So, well, if the, if the, I mean, the culture you said you felt was kind of the, the made partially by the people in it, your company started as a partnership and people, I think sometimes look at partnerships as potentially challenging and mm-hmm. is, is how have you navigated that part of business? Cause I think that's kind of valuable to hear that you've successfully brought this process through. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, and it's, I'll add a, another piece of complication there because that partnership was, was my brother as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, at, at moments in time, um, yeah, I, I started the company with myself and my wife, you know, which is different kind of partnership, uh, you know, for a couple of years. And then, uh, you know, we, we had a couple of kids and, and, um, my brother was transitioning, you know, out of something else. And, and he came in and we were partners, you know, really through the, the main growth of the company all the way up until last year. And we also had, uh, in that time, um, two of our other siblings working for us, you know, in the <laughs> wow. company. So, so it was, you know, four family members at any given moment, you know, um, working in, in a variety of, of roles throughout the company. And, and that, uh, uh, you know, to your point, you know, it kind of, it, it does, 
it complicates things. Um, for us, I really, it's it's hard for me to think of of where that was from from my vantage point. Um, you know, a negative because um, you know I I really I, I very much enjoyed you know uh, the the creative process of of running this and developing it you know, with my brother and mm-hmm. you know, all of my siblings and all of the people that have done it. And what we tried to do is turn that that partnership to an advantage in the sense that, you know, that one way, and I think you're alluding to where it can go um, awry is, is if that, that partnership then just kind of concludes that, uh, you know, if, if we agree, then, then it's law, right? We, we kind of, you know, it's, we, we can outnumber people almost, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and, and overpower um, with, with the different personalities that my, uh, my brother and I have and brought to the table, um, we tried to always uh, make sure that that meant that that was just two routes that anyone else had to make an impact, you know, or to seek what they needed, you know, or to change things. And if, if it seemed to align better to have that conversation with me, then, then people would usually self-select. We never really set a lot of rules around it mm-hmm. um, to bring it to me. And, and they'd think, you know, this seems like a Josh thing. You know, he'll, he'll get what I'm saying. And, and they bring it to me. And there was never a sense of, it, it, Zach and I, my brother Zach, uh, spoke very openly about the idea that we were really comfortable with our differences and therefore wanted, we're trying to embrace how we're different and we want everybody else to also, which means, um, as, as somebody would, for example, uh, you know, talk to, uh, they talk to Zach, they get an answer from Zach. They, they then talk to me and, uh, and maybe get another answer, <laughs> uh, you know, um, oftentimes because I didn't know that they had an answer in the first place. Uh, they'd say, Oh, well, well, you guys disagree. And, and I would say, you know, we, and we, we'd always come back together and, and say, first of all, you know, we'll, we'll figure that out. But, but if Zach gave you an answer, you know, uh, then, then that might be a fantastic answer. One. And two, if you look at the two answers you got as advice, then, then, you probably got more than you were asking for. Right. And that's kind of what we often expected people to do with it is to say, you know more than we do. You probably gave us 10 minutes of context, <laughs> right? And then right. and then we gave you an idea of what you should do next. And so, um, you know, uh, now you have two ideas of what to do next and and uh, push it a little bit back on on people to, as, as we often do in these things, uh, to, to know that they're they're the experts, they're the ones empowered to make these decisions, and we're contributors to that decision. And if it is a thing where we're saying no, we're making a decision here as business owners, this is the way that it is, then we're going to be very clear about that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you've navigated that well in the process. Is there? Uh, is it really important to you to have impact with your business, or is that something that's incidental for you? Hi. Um, it is very important, um, I, although impact is a big word, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a big, broad thing. And 
and there's an impact to me that the the most important impact that that I think is a really big deal, although it might not be big in its breadth, is that I'm I'm responsible for the vocation and work life of you know um, several dozen people. Mm-hmm. You know, not to mention you know contractors, dozens more that are um, you know make most of their livelihood with what we do and them not only thriving in in making enough money and having benefits and you know there's kind of the practical side of that responsibility but but their um everyone's happiness i mean you spend you know 50 hours a week (laughs) doing this you know whatever whatever your your workload is in a week and and if it's miserable you it's yeah hard to not be miserable right, right, right you know it's yeah. hard not to have that affect your marriage and your your ability to parent and and kind of all the kind of rippling effects of that and mm-hmm. and doing that i i guess for me instead of looking too far outward and saying hey you know we're gonna um you know we're gonna save the environment although i'm, I'm happy there are people whose focus is that impact or we're gonna you know we're gonna impact the world in this way i, I kind of feel like my calling in that is not it's not on the macro level as much as to say that if if I can do that and then we create a a rippling effect of people who like their jobs enjoy their vocation feel satisfied and positive we have a group of people that are out there also making having impact in all sorts of other things in their communities and with other people that they know. And we have a very active group, you know, in uh, philanthropy and, and other things. And, um, yeah, talk more, talk more about that. Cause I know you have the, the Versato foundation, which has a really kind of unique approach to you. It's really a way for you to support your employees as well as having impact in the larger world. Exactly. Exactly. And, and it kind of, uh, spins off of that idea again of kind of focusing on that core and instead of kind of leaping outside of it saying that you kind of let's worry about kind of the you know to use it you know kind of we we throw the stone in the water right at a central point and then there's these ripples out and let's focus on kind of where that central spot is and so as we work as Versado and we try to first of all be a healthy good place to work and then we try to make the people that work around us and with us you know, healthy. Um, we then say, okay, Zach and I, uh, as we started Versado, started looking at, you know, you talk to your accountants at the end of the year and they say, you know, you know, if, if you, if you gave to charity or if you put this in retirement, you, you have all these kind of like, here's, here's what you need to do for taxes, <laughs> you know, at the end right. of the year, especially when you have a successful year. And, uh, Zach and I just, just did not like this idea of, you know, you get to the end of the year and then you'll, you know, if you have some money left over, you're just going to dump something in a, you know, um, a nonprofit and get the tax break and, you know, you give, give some money to the Red Cross or give some money to this again, not, mm-hmm. not those are bad things, but it just seemed it, it lacked the, in, the intentionality, you know, and the, the type of impact that we thought we could have, you know, at a bigger level. Mm-hmm. And so we started toying with and building this idea of starting a foundation, so we have a Versado Foundation that started at the same time as Versado Training. 
and a portion of our profit goes over into Versado Foundation. And at the end of the year, like any company, we kind of look at how the year went and we might kind of push that up or down. And the idea is that we can put it over into the foundation, we can manage and run the foundation, and we do so uh, with people within the company. So the board of the foundation is made up of employees of Versado. And, and that money can build and it can be spent and it can be managed in lots of really creative ways without, again, kind of feeling like, oh, by December 31st, right, we just have to get rid of, you know, a certain amount of money. And so what we've allowed that to do, allowed it to do two things. One, we've allowed it to build so that uh, the opportunities can get greater and greater that we can do. The second thing we've done is set up a program so that all of the employees know and understand how to use it because it belongs to them. So when uh, you so, say use it, what do you mean? Yeah, good question. So what what happens is that everybody in the, the company has a um, has an amount of that money each year that they can literally just allocate to something. In its simplest form, you know, they can say, you know, I, I want my, you know, thousand dollars, you know, of this, I'm going to give it to my church or I'm going to give it to my, the community center. I'm going to give it to something in my community, something local to me. And, and they get to assign those funds to something that they feel passionate about. That's kind of, that's the simplest use of it. Um, we also then have a matching program. So if they, they can, they can spend that money that is in the foundation each year that is the kind of is their allocated piece of that pie or or they can if they have an initiative and they want the foundation to match them you know it will do that and then at its more i'd say kind of complex and interesting state we've had people in our organization start whole other nonprofits you know or uh, find a nonprofit that they work for that they wanted to build that company's website and you know uh, you know redo all their marketing materials and and they had this whole project that they wanted to complete for a nonprofit and what they were able to do is turn to the foundation and say you know the foundation can be the the home of getting that project done and and it has money and resources it can hire contractors hmm, wow um, you know it, it can do all sorts of things so all of a sudden they take all this talent that they have that we're, we're we're using for pharma biotech you know whatever whatever else we're doing and they can move over into that and say i saw something i saw it needed to be done i'm going to create a project and then they go talk to their fellow you know graphic designers or writers or and they start recruiting them which is kind of fun because they yeah. say hey look I'm working on this thing over here I'm making a website for this organization it does this you know and 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 inevitably all their teammates pitch in right and they say like I'll I'll program the website and I graphic designer says like I'll give 5 hours to that yeah. and all of a sudden you got all these like just cool projects going on that are that are local to somewhere you know they're they're really fitting a need and and I mean, it's, you know, at its core, I mean, I, you couldn't ask for a better team building exercise, right? You know, and, yeah. and something 
brings well, people together. Well, it's such a unique model that you're not just saying, well, here's some money, you can do something with it, or you can support the foundation and we as a group decide where the money goes. It's even beyond that, where you have the ability to initiate projects and, and uh, have people group together and work together on, on these projects. It's fantastic. Well, it, it's, it's really, um, speaks to a kind of a level of impact that goes beyond, you know, what are you doing for customers? How is that affecting their businesses? So, well, in, in the course of all of this too, you know, we as business owners, we know there are, there are challenges, obstacles, problems, whatever you call them that do pop up. And I always think it's valuable for people to hear how, how people move through these things. Cause having impact is not a, simple things sometimes and uh how do we kind of sustain ourselves and keep things going is there is there a story that you can share around a situation where you've been able to move through something and and work through it to to an outcome that you thought was impactful uh, like a um you know a challenge or a or a problem yeah mm-hmm. that's a it's a, a good question it's uh it's funny that one didn't pop to mind because it feels like that's all you do every day. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Troubleshooting and problem Troubleshooting solving. Troubleshooting and, and solving problems. <laughs> right. um, you know, but one makes that makes for a, a really, um, uh, you know, I, I think that growth itself, you know, while, um, while it's easy to talk about you know, growth when you are looking at, you know, numbers and goals and things heading into a year as, as being an exciting, um, success, you know, if we're going to grow, uh, growth is hard, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it creates all these challenges and, and I, and I, if I had to bucket, you know, all of our pains into, you know, to, to one thing, you know, a lot of them do fall into that area of, you know, how do you grow rightly? You know, how do you grow in a way that um, that's not at the expense of all of the things we've spent the last however long talking about, right? <laughs> you know, the, the people and treating people like people and, you know, having the right culture. And um, that one, it, this the solution to that, I, I'd never you know, there is no one solution, right? But Mm -hmm. if if there's a learning that happens over and over again on that as we grow, um, you know, first of all, one of of the things that we, we've been so proud, one of the most proud moments, uh, you know, for me this this past year. So we made the the Inc. 5,000, you know, fastest growing companies in the U.S. But we also in the same year won um, the Triangle Business, uh, um, you know, best family owned business mm-hmm. and the uh that's for your um, geographic area exactly yeah, yeah yeah triangle area in north carolina uh, and then we also won um you know top one of the top uh, companies to work for in north carolina the mm-hmm. third best you know mid-sized company to work for and the combo of those was what it wasn't one of those it was the combo that we thought that that represents all of our pain and work <laughs> you know over this time <laughs> right. it's not growing you know it's growing and being a good employer, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah at the same time. Um, and growth is but, challenging for a lot of entrepreneurs because oh, you enter into it sometimes not even with the intention of have a be- having a bigger company, although I think you started with that intention. But to to go from it's the, the few of us who are starting this thing to an organization and all its requirements, it's it's challenging to operate and, and have the 
cash flow and um, all of that balance out on a day-to-day basis is is a big challenge for for businesses. Absolutely, absolutely, and and trying, especially if you feel like culture is part of your your product, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, scaling that is is to me, you know, so much harder than scaling the number of trainings we're doing, you know, or the number of e-learning modules or workshops we're doing. Right. Um, scaling the culture, it, you're trying to, uh, you know, one of the bigger challenges we've had as we went from from small, you know, when you're, you know, 10 people, you know, uh, somewhere around there, you just connectivity, communication, being connected to the core and the purpose and the culture, it, it just kind of happens, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, because you can't Much get that very far away from it. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. And, and everyone's informed. They're just informed, you know, uh, and it they just are, you know, on a daily basis, mm-hmm. uh, you know, unless you really work hard to make them not informed. Right. Uh, it happens pretty naturally. And then, you know, as you have, as you get, you know, larger, the, the, and you start to break out and say, well, now we really have to have, you know, departments and, and a lot more role definition and everyone's got to kind of swim in their lane a little bit more. Um, you know, that part is still a little bit easy because you're, you're breaking up tasks and roles, but what that does is create barriers. Mm-hmm. And so communication stops at those barriers or a feeling of engagement stops at one of those barriers. And you now have to put a, a, a lot of effort into making somebody who naturally felt connected feel as though they can be focused on a job and trust somebody else to do another job, but not feel that they got cut out of information mm-hmm. or they, they were they now are not informed. Right. You know, that like you're, they were before. That you're all part of something larger and that you're yeah. all aware of what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And there was yeah. there's a lot of trip ups on that. I mean, truly, you know, it's, you know um, even though I, I've you know spent six years studying, you know, uh, communication and business communication. <laughs> right. Sometimes it doesn't feel like it helped at all. Because um, <laughs> you still ran into those same, you just kind of surprised at times, especially as a business owner, because you are informed, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it's, uh, I found it over the years, just challenging to, um, keep a pulse on that because you, you know how the pieces fit together. Right. And it's mm-hmm. just hard at any given moment to know who doesn't know right. how this is fit together until yeah. they say it, until they say, you know, I, I'm, you know, I, I feel like I got out of this, you right. know, I'm feeling disconnected. I'm feeling this. And you go, ah, oh, yeah, I didn't even know that. Right. Well, and, and it's <laughs> a very different thing to be studying business management or organizational development in a, in academic setting versus putting it into practice. Cause as you said at the beginning, it's a, it's a messy business, the whole exactly. culture yeah. aspect. Yeah. Well, Josh, to, to kind of wrap things up, there's three questions that I always ask are in our rapid round. Are you ready for those? <laughs> we'll see how rapid I can be. Yeah, <laughs> okay, I'm great. Ready. Great. So the first one is what's the best, the biggest thing you've learned about having impact? Um, yeah, you can't have impact everywhere all at the same time. You know, I think, I think that's for me, um, making the hard decisions of where today you're going to prioritize that impact. Mm. That's hard. Mm. That's a great point. 
And the second question is, what's the one thing you've consistently done that's contributed to your success and impact the most? Uh, believed in people, I would say. Um, you know, there's uh, they talk about a, a two kind of splitting points in management theories where either you believe that people really, really want to work and be productive or you believe that people don't, <laughs> you know, and, and your and your management style kind of separates there. Right. <laughs> you know, I think that people want to work and want to be productive and want to be valuable. Mm -hmm. And and we got to remove the barriers and. And that requires a lot of trust at times. Yeah, I so agree with you there. And the the last question is, what's one insight or piece of advice you'd share with an, another business owner who's saying, I want to have a company that has impact? What would you say to them? <sighs> um, get creative, uh, you know, in brief. Uh, and the reason I say that is, is because it's really easy to look at lots of ways that other people are having impact and want to duplicate it. Mm -hmm. But does that really take advantage of the uniqueness of who you are and your company is and the, the opportunities that you have? And that's, that's the creative piece, right? Is not duplicating something and or getting fixated on what you want that impact to be, but rather having a very open mind as to what it could be, you know, and, and exploring it. Yeah. And that's exciting because there's all kinds of possibilities there. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Josh, thank you so much for joining us today. I so appreciate you bringing your perspective about really putting the people in your organization first and that being an essential part of what you bring to your clients. And uh, also that such a unique model for uh, the nonprofit work that you're doing and, and how you're allowing your employees an opportunity to be such essential parts of that. Uh, thank you so much for sharing all of that with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was fun. So if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach you? Yeah, well, I'll give, uh, um, I'm going to give uh, maybe three ways. One, uh, versado.com, V-E-R-S-A-D-O.com is, is our company website. And we've got, you know, all the usual Facebooks and Instagrams and, you know, ways to get a hold of us through there. Um, I don't mind sharing my email too, which is josh at versatoteam.com. Uh, and then um, I'm going to go ahead and share uh, for, for the foundation piece, especially yeah. that the design of that. Uh, I got to always give uh, give Zach a lot of credit for that. And one of his passions is uh, helping other people think through uh, ways of doing that same thing. And, um, you know, his email is Zach, Z-S-E-H, at versatoteam.com. And, and I know he would love to... Uh, um, love to have any conversations about, you know, how to help other people do the same thing or what we learned in that. Oh, that's awesome. Well, Josh, thank you again. And thank you for the work you're doing in the world. Thank you. You as well, Ursula. Thank you. Join us for more episodes. Subscribe to the Work Alchemy podcast on iTunes or Stitcher Radio so you'll know as soon as new episodes are available. You can even help spread the word. Leave a review if you like what you've heard. Thanks for listening. Until next time, for ongoing support so you can have your own impact, join our community of entrepreneurs like you by liking the Work Alchemy Facebook page.